All right, hello everybody. This is episode two of Up to Date. Um, today we have with us Greg Friedberg. Um, I know Greg from high school somewhat, and then we kind of worked together uh, in college a little bit, and now we work together at Cover My Meds. So Greg, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, I've been following Julia around with literally everything she does. <laughs> um, so yeah, I. Like, like she said, um, I'm from Solon, Ohio, same high school, and um, I'm actually two years younger than Julia, but we were around each other a lot just in college, ran the same circles, but I went to Ohio State, um, and I studied neuroscience, really had plans to go to medical school for the longest time, still kind of do, um, so waiting on news for that down the road, don't know where I'm going with that yet, but for the moment, I work at uh, Cover My Meds and Healthcare Tech in their support department. And other than that, um, I don't like to talk about my work often, so <laughs> outside of that, um, I do a lot of video editing on the side from projects that I started in college, um, and I'm really into fitness. I just started at a CrossFit gym um, recently, and that's been like consuming my life. Um, other than that, I'm just, I don't know, I spend a lot of time at coffee shops, a lot of times <laughs> exploring like, Columbus, like Columbus's um, food landscape, and yeah. Cool. That's about it. Well, welcome. Glad to have you here. Thank you. Um, so our main topic of discussion today is dating in college versus dating post-grad, uh, trying to navigate the different opportunities between both. Um, so why don't you tell me about your experience? Again, um, for those of you listening for the first time, I don't really know that much about Greg's dating life and this um, these app recordings so far have not been edited, so what you hear is exactly what the conversations were. Do I drop a bomb on you for the first... Oh, gosh. So, <laughs> I mean, I, this won't curtail the conversation too much, but I've never actually dated someone okay. long-term. Okay. Um, I've gone on multiple dates, both throughout college, whether that be after college. I've been on dates, um, normally nowhere more than a second or a third, just because of a I mostly it's mostly on my end, just a lack of interest. Really. Um, but also sometimes it just doesn't work out on the other end. They don't, they're not interested. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's an interesting topic to discuss. Yeah. I don't have a ton of experience, but yeah. that's okay. You have different a different type of experience, I would say. There are a lot of people I know that have been in very many long term relationships, but I like getting feedback from. Just about everyone who's experienced all different kinds of things. So your feedback and your experiences will definitely be beneficial. Um, so yeah, why don't we start with, I don't know, life in college, dating life in college. Yeah. Um, so I came into college and, had, again, I'd never really had a serious girlfriend other than like, you know, that sixth grade girlfriend that like you have that your mom and dad drove you to the dates or like whatever and you would say, oh, pick me up at this time. Mm-hmm. Like that, I had one of those. Okay. And we dated for, like, a couple months, and then she broke up with me over text. Like, I don't oh. even count that. So, coming into college, I, I always said I never dated anyone. Um, but I think it, that is the most opportune time to meet someone, because you get thrown into this experience where, especially a dorm life, freshman year, mm-hmm. you are living around people of the opposite sex for the first time, and it kind of just, you find out people's, people's interests, and a lot of times you're like housed by your interest in college so you're living with people of the same major the same career ambitions things of that sort so at that time you're kind of thrown into a situation where you're probably really likely to meet someone Mm -hmm. um and i think i actually i saw that a lot with like one of my um 
in my friend group, there was this uh, one pair. It was a guy named Nate and this other girl, Mary. They're engaged now. Wow. They met freshman year. Like, and it's so you hear stories like that. Your college sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, right. And you always hear about like a, a high school sweetheart. Yep. But this is different because I think it's less of a, like, you're, you're not, you don't just know each other because of the same hometown. You know each other because of the same interests. So they were both engineers and they met and they went on to, they're both going to, uh, they both graduate actually this month, I believe. And, oh, wow. You know, so it's this perfect um, situation where you know that where you're going in life is the same as theirs. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's one of the big things in college for me is like I was a pre-med, um, a biology major when I came in. I lived with a bunch of engineers. Maybe that's another reason I never really dated anyone uh, <laughs> freshman year. But yeah, you know, you're in the situation where you definitely meet more people um, that are like you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the big things, especially freshman year. So Yeah. Did you date much in college? Not early on. Okay. Um, I... So there were a couple people who either I had interest in or who had interest in me. Um, I'm like, I don't, I don't even know if I want to like share specifics in case they're listening. Um, but like, so yeah, I mean, I had situations that like things would come up where I would hear someone was interested in me and then maybe go out on a date or two. I had, for example, I um, basically got set up on a date with by a friend of mine mm-hmm. freshman year that went really well. And she was into all the same things as me. And actually, you could relate to this because you're, I mean, obviously big into yoga. And she was too. And so we went to the same yoga studio freshman year. And she was very much into it. And um, and I thought that was the perfect match. Turns out, like, that girl then had a boyfriend, which I didn't know about, right? Like, oh. And nothing happened between us. But it was, like, right. this weird thing of, like, oh, this is going so well. And then I found out, oh, she, like, matchmaker. She was a matchmaker for, like, friends. Oh, it was just, you know, and it was weird. It was really weird. Oh boy, you know that puts you in a tough situation too. Yeah, and I was totally into her, and then it just didn't work out. Um, but yeah, you you had stories like that. Um, freshman year, I think it's tougher mm-hmm. because I don't know, like when you're dating, you spend a lot of time obviously in like with each other, and when you're in a dorm room setting, that's not the most ideal in the world. I think I went on a lot more dates as I moved out of dorms. And I had, like, actually a place to hang out with people mm-hmm. and um, kind of a little more autonomy. I didn't have a car on campus freshman year. I borrowed my sister's. Um, so that was, you know. For convenience purposes. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. So, but you definitely do go on. I, I went on some here and there, um, mostly with people that, like, I had met through friends and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I had no one in my dorm. Again, I, I had this whole housing situation mix up where where I lived wasn't, I lived with a bunch of engineers. I was the one non-engineer. So maybe mm. that's another reason why, yeah. but definitely later on I did. Yeah. Do you think it's important for people to date that have like the same field interests? It's interesting because yes and no. Okay. So especially for someone like me, when you're pre-med in college, like you have to do all these different um, prerequisites to get into medical school. They always say research, volunteering, shadowing, all those things. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times they say if you're like if you're a pre-med, sometimes the only people who understand that mm-hmm. that path are people who are also doing it. Cuz otherwise they're not kind of I guess chained down by all those extracurriculars and those commitments that you have to do. Um so um I would say yes to an extent, but also I mean it doesn't have to be the same career interest, I think. Yeah interest in general and you find that through student orgs and whatnot and mm-hmm. the same passions that you share it doesn't need to be the same field and that sort because yeah. also I think an essential part is 
whoever you find, if you find them in college, you want to be able to teach them something and have them teach you too. Mm -hmm. So maybe having them in a different field of interest would be beneficial. Definitely. I agree with that. I think, and I've seen so many couples now that are, you know, married and they seem to be doing well, you know, Mm -hmm. they are complete opposites. Like I know an engineer and someone that's into humanitarian, like, sciences stuff like that so Mm. it's very interesting to see the dynamic because they're so clearly different but I think it is because you said um you were like you want to teach the other person something Mm. so if you have the same exact interests how are you going to teach each other something unless you're both challenging each other in that same field but I do see in college specifically um I I went to I was an engineering major first as Mm. well my freshman year and changed to neuroscience, same as me. Right? Yep, I did. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> did we ever have class together? Uh, we, I don't remember. I feel like I would have known if we did. I don't but you we were did. two years, yeah, behind, but not behind. But If we did, know. either I was in the wrong class or you were in the wrong <laughs> class, so I don't know. And I didn't really go to class much senior year. Anyway, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had other priorities. Dating. No. <laughs> Surprisingly, no, actually. I didn't really date that much in college at all. Mm. Um, but anyway, um, my entire floor was all engineering students, and mm. we were all in the same scholars group. Those are students all put together um, that are engineering students. We took a lot of the same classes. And so it makes sense that you end up dating the people that are constantly with you and mm. have the same interests uh, because engineers have less of a social life than let's say, well, any other field except for pre-med. I think pre-med and engineering can can go hand in hand there. So it it was, I think, in college important to have someone that was understanding of your crazy study schedule and Mm -hmm. your, I don't know, commitments to class and studying and tests and everything. I think on that same (laughs) line, so if you're in the same field of study, or at least you have similar study habits... Sometimes that even turns into a date, right? Like sometimes you don't even have time when you're studying as much as like I was taking 18 credit hours for four or five straight semesters when I started college. And so sometimes you wanted to hang out with someone, Mm -hmm. like even if it was someone you were into, let's go to the library and let's silently sit on our computers and stare at each other for like a couple hours. Like sometimes that was Mm -hmm. it. And because it's hard when you have all these other things going on. I think when you're in college... When you're, when you're in class, you're focused on class. When you're outside of class, you still might be focused on class. Mm-hmm. So it's harder to go out there and actually go on dates and whatnot, especially when you're tight on money, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and no car. <laughs> no car. There's a lot of things that just go into it. So I think it, it is definitely harder, but sometimes if you have a mutual understanding with someone, maybe they're like, hey, I need to study, too. Let's go study together. Mm-hmm. That turns into a date, so be it. Right, right. It's like a college date, I yeah. guess. It's kind of cute. Yeah. Cool. It's just a very, I don't know, you said you didn't really date much in college, but... Not much. But did you ever, because you weren't pre-med either. Mm-mm. Okay. No. Did you ever want to find someone in your major, or like, what was your perspective on that? I don't know. I actually don't think I ever seeked out anybody. I think I was more into finding people in my different um, extracurriculars, like mm-hmm. my service fraternity, which could could have complicated things senior year because I was president. So Mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah, there are lines that you can't cross there. Mm -hmm. Um, But like the RPAC, for example, I at that point didn't really care about being around, like working around people that I was interested in. Um, And so I don't know. I don't think 
I didn't, I wasn't really interactive in, cl- in my classes. Mm-hmm. Like I would go to class, I wouldn't talk to many people, maybe sit next to a friend, then I'd leave and work on my extracurriculars or go to work or apply to grad school, you know, whatever the, whatever next thing I had to do was. Um, so I didn't really concentrate on people within my major. Um, I think I had a lot of girlfriends that were, that were in my major. And so we studied together, mm-hmm. but I guess it was harder to meet guys through classes just cause I wasn't very much like present in my classes, you know, not interested in making friends, just there to get the info and leave. So, so. I want to transition to that then yeah. because I mean, you were very involved. I know president of your, of APO mm-hmm. and everything with that. And also, on top of that, we worked at the same place, mm-hmm. and that's an extracurricular in of itself. I mean, you had, you ended up being a crew chief, correct? Mm-hmm. Which is, for those listening, my boss, essentially. <laughs> um, but I remember when you came it, in to interview, and I was one of your interviewers. That's why I got the job. <laughs> <laughs> like, had, had she not been there, I don't know. Um, but I think... I was also very involved too, and that's where you meet most people, not only like dating interests, but friends too. Mm -hmm. I think that's where I met the majority of mine, so I think maybe my major was not my center of focus. It becomes very hyper-competitive there, and maybe that's the worst place to meet someone who you might be interested in. so, yeah, I mean, we can, I think we should focus maybe on student orgs because I think that's, that's my focus too. That was always my focus. So. Right, right. So. So what about, okay, how about outside of college, transitioning mm-hmm. outside of student orgs and classes and everything? Mm-hmm. How have things shifted for you? Yeah. Um, so I think the transition between the two is pretty tough. Um, so I... Like I've said, I work at the same place as Julia, and that's 40 hours a week, full-time job, and outside of that, like, I mean, you get off work at 5 or 6 p.m., and what do you do with your nights? That's when you can go out and meet people, but otherwise, where you meet people or where you're mostly interacting ends up being work, Mm -hmm. maybe something you do before work. I know I I mentioned that I joined a CrossFit gym, so I go there early in the mornings, and there's other people there, but the majority of my interaction is my gym and where I work. And for a lot of people, I think, I mean, if you have the philosophy that I do, and I've used this phrase before with Mm -hmm. you, is like, I don't shit where I eat. I I don't like that idea. And so for me, it's very hard post-grad because in in college, you're exposed to all these environments, Mm -hmm. all these organizations, and you're doing something different every day. And that puts you in a lot of circles to maybe potentially meet someone. But when you're post-grad, it's the same routine. You're in a rut. And not in a bad way, but you're very unlikely to meet someone because if you have the policy that I do, I'm not looking for someone to date at work Mm -hmm. because that's a conflict of interest to me. Yeah. It's a major conflict of interest Um, because if something goes right, great. But what if something goes wrong? Mm -hmm. So when you mentioned the student orgs, so that's obviously different from work, right? Mm -hmm. Have you ever had any, how is that any different, like dating someone in your student orgs than dating someone at work? Because you're pretty active in your student orgs. You're not mm-hmm. putting in 40 hours a week, but you know, as you mentioned, you you started a new you started Survivor at OSU, right? Yes. Yeah. So, yes. I mean, wouldn't that be kind of the same thing because that's your own work that you're to an extent. And and it's funny cuz like that organization was almost like a full-time job for me because okay. I was focusing that much time, so I spent right. that much time with people as if it was at a job. Right. Um, I was never the best at separating those two as I am now at work. Um, 
depending on who's listening to this, it's funny. Like, I mean, I had, when I first started the organization, there was a little thing. And then recently mm -hmm. there was another, like, I, I blurred those lines a lot. Um, not in a, it was never like a, I never crossed one, but there was always, if I was into someone, there was always that conflict of interest of Greg, you're the president. Stop. Right. Right. Like, this is not something you, you should focus on the org and be friends with these people. Keep your dating life out of it. Mm -hmm. And that was hard. It, it's always hard. And I think at work, I don't know why I've been able to draw that line so much easier, but I think maybe because a student org is somewhere that you choose to be there. Mm -hmm. And not that I don't choose to be at work. I enjoy what I'm doing, and I believe in the mission of the company, and that's why I chose it. But when I'm mm -hmm. at a student org, like... I, I scheduled when those meetings were. Like, I had a lot more autonomy and a lot more control over where we were going. Mm. When you go to work, you're either working for someone, you're working in an environment where other people have set it up for you, and you have a lot less autonomy. So maybe I feel a little bit more... I guess I'm violating a lot more norms when I'm seeking out someone at work. Yeah. Because that's not what I'm there for. But in a student org, we came together on this... Like she mentioned, the survivor organization that I started... Um, and that was something we were brought together on this crazy passion. And, like, maybe that's a checkbox for me. Like, I'm not looking for someone who loves healthcare tech. Like, <laughs> that's just not what I'm looking for. Like, maybe that would be a plus. But um, maybe I'm looking for someone who likes reality TV because that's what my organization was based on in college. And that's a big – I don't like talking about work when I'm not at work. So that's a big thing that I do talk about. So maybe that is a checkbox for me. So maybe it was harder to check – it was harder to draw that line mm -hmm. in student orgs. Definitely was. Um, I think it's a lot easier in a work environment. Yeah. So. What was your experience like? And you don't have to go into detail if you don't want to, but mm -hmm. when you did have involvement with another person at your student orgs, if it didn't work out, how did that feel? Or can you paint a picture as to, like, what happened there? Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> I know... Hmm. <laughs> it's tricky because you don't want to share too much, right. you know, but just whatever you feel comfortable with yeah. talking about. I think again, the, I'll actually share a little story here. So I had my big brother in my fraternity. Mm -hmm. um, he also started a student organization at Ohio State. Um, and it was one based on sustainability and fundraising for them through, um, it was called Buckeye Blackout. They had, they hosted concerts, um, or at least one like big concert every year that would raise all this money for, um, sustainability efforts on campus and throughout Columbus. It was a really cool, cool organization. Yeah. And he, I think was the one who told me, Greg, you have three things, right? You have the org, you have your love life and you have your friends. Pick two. Oh. Right. And so I, once he told me that, because I was starting the org when I heard that. Yeah. Like, oh my God, where do I go with that? So that was the perspective I carried into it a lot. So I think, for example, there was one situation that, like, if she's listening, great. If she's not, I mean, she knows all about this, right? Um, when I started the organization for STC, for Survivor, um, there was someone who was a very good friend of mine who ironically is the same person from freshman year that I had mentioned, actually. Oh. The, the girl who was into yoga. And yeah. Yoga. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, she became a very good friend because she had this boyfriend. I'm like, I, you know what? I will keep her as a really good friend because she's awesome. And we were really good friends for two years, and then she ended up breaking up with that boyfriend. And um, it was right in the midst of when we were starting the organization. Of course. And she oh, was my treasurer, right? And so we're... <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it was like this sticky situation where... 
my again my big brother had said like you, you pick two of those three mm-hmm. i already had the friendship with her i knew the org was going to be a priority because that's that's what brought us mm-hmm. together to like be on the same team and i said okay which like do i give up the friendship do i try to go for this because there was a, I mean, there was a point in time where after she had broken up, they came up in conversation. Where are we going to be a thing? Really? And, yeah. Wow. And it sucked because we were really, really close. Um, but I knew that the org was going to be one of my selections, right? Yeah. Because it was something I cared so much about. And it wasn't just about her. It was about other people who had also believed in the organization. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to just drop it for her. So I had to choose the friend or something more and take the risk and roll the dice. And I actually made the decision to not roll the dice. I, I kept her as a friend. That was a very hard conversation to have. Um, again, if she's listening, like, she knows how I feel about it. We've talked about it a lot. Um, but it's, it was probably one of the most devastating decisions to make because it didn't really work out afterwards. Um, mm. She stayed with the York for a little bit and then left, and it was just kind of a big mix-up. And um, I think it's really hard to draw the line between like a business relationship, a friendship, and a what's beyond friendship and a relationship. Um, And I made a rule for myself because of like what my big kid told me. Mm -hmm. I made a rule that I'm going to do the same. I need to be able to draw that line. Um, So it sucked. Yeah. It sucked because we kind of lost the friendship that we had before and we were really close and I I still do consider her a close friend and I really care about her, but it was really hard to kind of let that go. Do you think you lost the friendship because you made the decision to stay friends? I think, I, I don't think either one of us could really get over it. Okay. Um, in the extent of like, I wanted it to just all go away and be like, hey, let's, we're friends. Yeah. I think maybe it might have taken a little bit longer for her. And again, like, maybe that's not the case. Maybe it was the other way around. I just, I was in denial. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think one of the reasons was definitely that None of us, I don't know, it was different because we had already kind of blurred a line between friendship and more. And now that we had blurred that line, it was difficult to kind of backtrack. Back, yeah. Right. I definitely get that. Yeah. So where are you guys now? So good friends still. I mean, I consider, again, that we're good friends. Okay. Um, we get lunch every once in a while and catch up. And yeah, she's actually still in Columbus too. Good friend and someone that I still look out for and that I care for, so... It, but it is different. It's yeah. definitely different than this was someone that I used to hang out with every week when we would watch Survivor together and that, mm-hmm. that went away. Um, someone that I would talk to on the weekly and now it's like every month or two. Like, mm. hey, like, let's catch up, let's get lunch. And, and like, I, it's just different. And that yeah. was hard to cope with. And that's another thing to, to um, it's another adjustment once you graduate from college because mm-hmm. you're not in the really close-knit environment as much anymore. You know, mm-hmm. so it's not... I'm sure it's not only because of you two and your history. It's also because your settings have changed. Your environment mm-hmm. is different. Your goals in life are different. The things mm-hmm. you're involved with are slightly different. Like, you still do survivor stuff, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's 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 tough. But that is a huge part of the transition from college life to post-grad life. Yeah. You know, you don't have as close of an opportunity, I guess, to stay close, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Definitely. And I think... Especially, I mean, she has the same passions that she did in college, maybe even more so because we've grown over the years, but mm-hmm. um, it's hard because we're not in as close of proximity anymore. And she was never someone who was like in my dorm or anything like that. 
we just always made time and it's harder to make time post-grad. Yeah. It really is because we're not in those same circles anymore. And mm-hmm. she has work too. Maybe she's working late nights and she's, she's in healthcare too. And, okay. um, as a nurse and I'm someone who obviously wants to go down that path eventually. And I respect that schedule that she's on. Mm-hmm. So I try not to get in the way. Um, and it's, you know, I didn't anticipate sharing such a specific story, but I mean, I'm totally up for, I mean, again, if she's listening, she knows I care for her. And yeah. And she sounds awesome. It's very relevant. Yeah. It's very relevant. So, um, yeah, that's definitely, that was definitely something that highlighted the differences between the two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So what do you do for dating now? If you know, you go to the gym, you're not going to flirt with anyone at the gym and no. then. Same with work, like you don't shit where you eat. Mm-hmm. Same, same thing, gym and Contrary work. to prior belief, I'm not flirting with Julia right now. Like, <laughs> it's just not, no. You're too young for me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had that chance for like years. Come on, please. In high school, in college, and not, like, please. That, that ship has long sailed. <laughs> so, yeah, what do you do now? Are you on, um, I don't know, I mean, you mentioned you meet people through friends, mm-hmm. um, dating apps, which is huge right now but honestly after talking to some people about this podcast I've learned that not as many people use dating apps as I had anticipated mm-hmm. so yeah what, what are your outlets now for dating right um so I like you I think I do use dating apps occasionally okay. I I'm kind of it's weird I don't follow up on them maybe that well <laughs> like you'll start a conversation that just dies a lot okay. of times um I don't know if you've had a similar experience oh but... yeah all the time well, because it's weird to step out of your comfort zone and meet someone that you've never met before. I mean, I had a problem. I just moved out of my apartment, and I had a problem meeting someone who was going to sublease it off Craigslist because I didn't know who she was. That was scary for me. Right. Like, I, what? how am I just going to, like, completely jump out of my comfort zone yeah. and be vulnerable with someone that I've never even seen? I've only seen pictures. Mm-hmm. Or, like, what she typed in on a, like... About me profile. Right. Yeah. That's um, harder to do, for sure. But I'm definitely on dating apps. Um, I think a lot of people post-grad are mm-hmm. um, just because it's a way to meet people because I think some people live by that same philosophy of I don't want to date where I work and what else do I do besides work? <laughs> right. You're too um, tired to go after work and go out and meet mm-hmm. new people. Yeah. And during the week, it's not like you're going to go socially drink every day and mm-hmm. find someone at a bar. doesn't yeah. really happen as much anymore, I feel like. And I think that's a good thing to highlight too, kind of jumping back to the difference between like post-grad interactions mm-hmm. and in college mm-hmm. is that you're so much more apt to go out and meet people at bars or going out and drinking socially or maybe you're like um I was in a social fraternity and you have a social with another sorority like you're put in instances where you find these people and a lot of times they are like um situations that involve drinking or whatever going out and that doesn't happen post-grad mm-hmm. Um, and that's not a bad thing. You can definitely meet people outside of that, but a lot of people maybe prefer that setting, um, because you're kind of forced like middle school dance style to go like guys over here, girls here, and then eventually they intermix and maybe you meet someone that way. Um, I have plenty of people who have met their, um, girlfriend through like Fiji events that we would go to socials with sororities. That's awesome. You know? Um, but I never did that. And... When you're post-grad, if I'm going out socially drinking, it's with friends. I'm not going with the intent of meeting someone. I'm going with the intent of putting my everything into the friends that I'm there with and being present in that moment. Mm -hmm. So if I were to, like, stray off and be like, oh, that girl looks cute over there, I'm not going to do that. Like, that's just (laughs) not me. Like, that's... Unless their friend group comes and interacts with my friend group, which is literally, like, a fraternity, sorority, social Right, that doesn't happen much. Yeah. So, um, that's definitely... 
different because you just I, I don't go out and socially drink with random people or right. get put in that situation. But I think like one thing that I have tried to go out of my way and do is there's like kind of organizations or groups around Columbus that co- coincide with who I am or passions that I have. So um, Jewish Columbus is one of them. Yeah, what know. is that? Yeah, My so mom would probably love for me to be a friend. Sure. <laughs> I mean, if you're interested, they have events like they they're an organization that actually a friend of mine who um, she was a leader on my birthright trip. Okay. Two years, two or three years ago, and she ended up uh, getting on the board of Jewish Columbus, and then there's a subsidiary of it called Young Jewish Columbus, which is basically everyone our age. I mean, it's people from 22 to 26, 27, 28. Mm-hmm. Um, of people at social events and they'll like rent out places in bars or they, they just had a speaking event of the, uh, actually cover my meds works with this company, BESA, the, um, oh yeah, yeah the volunteer work. Mm-hmm. So they just had the CEO of BESA came in and had like this whole, uh, it was at some place out on Kenny road. They rented out a little conference center and like you go there and you meet people and it was, it's cool because it's people just like us or similar backgrounds or cultures as I was brought up in. So I've gone to a couple of those events, but even those are scary. They yeah. are, especially going alone. Cause you're like, well, I don't know anyone here and you never know what other people are going to think of you. And mm-hmm. while that doesn't matter when you're going alone, it's vulnerable and you're like, well, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's still, you feel like you're up there on a pedestal, you know, like, mm-hmm. or maybe not a pedestal, but like, you're up and everyone's able to see you and you're up on display. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's vulnerable. It's intimidating. Hmm. And the, I actually have a weird story with that. We went to, um, there was an event at Westies. It was a, it's a bar out in God, I don't remember where it is, but I went there <laughs> and when you walk in, they give you a name tag and everything. And on the name tags, if you were new, they had to swear, a blue polka dot on her name tag. Oh my gosh. And so all the new people were walking around saying, oh my God, like you're a blue too. Like get all the blues <laughs> together. Let's meet. And so that was cool because mm-hmm. a lot of people were getting together on like, Hey, we're all uncomfortable here. Let's be uncomfortable together. Right. Um, right. and we went out and I did meet people through that. I got a couple of people's like phone numbers of just not, not even like girls. I'm just saying everyone there of just, Hey, these are Jewish people in Columbus that I never had met before. Yeah. Um, but then the, one of the guys I was with, I remember, made this really kind of snarky comment about, like, I've seen half the people here on J-Day, or J-Swipe. <laughs> like, because, and then, and then he, like, went on and said, like, let's be honest, half of us are here because we want to meet. Right. Meet someone who's... Ineligible Jewish partner. <laughs> right, you know? And so that was, I mean, to an extent, that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, for me, I mean, yeah, I want to meet someone who's Jewish, and that's a way to do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was an interesting comment. You know, you got to go out and to those group settings, and it's very intimidating to go in, especially I went in alone. Like, I didn't go with anyone. Right, um, right. <laughs> we were all there, I guess, with a similar purpose. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason why you started going to these events, right? Yeah. I mean, to an extent. Yeah. And it's a good networking opportunity, too. Mm-hmm. It's There are a lot of different opportunities within attending, so it's okay if you're going there to meet someone, but you might get something out of it something different out of it than you expected and vice versa. Maybe you're going to a business event and you get a life partner, you know, like you never know. So it's good to be open to the possibilities and not just intentionally be like, I'm here to Mm -hmm. find my future husband or wife. Right. You know, 
And, and you know, there's there's a couple other opportunities that like I, I ran another student org in college for a little bit that was it was called Grind. It was a workout organization on oh, campus. They get yeah. together every Monday at like six or something. Yeah. Okay, I meant to go to that, but on a Monday to wake up that early, I yeah. just couldn't do it. Right, it's six six a.m. workout on no. campus no, no. and. And that was another situation where it, like, wasn't to meet people. It was to meet, or it wasn't to meet, like, a love interest. It was to meet people who are crazy enough to wake up at 6 a.m. and work out. And there's actually one, like, that I've been, I've been interested. I actually haven't made my way out to it yet. But there's one in Columbus for just, gen, like, the general public, oh. too, that kind of mirrors what we did at Ohio State. So it's, it's called, um, oh, my God, it's, like, oh, I forget what it's called. It's, like, a... It's a program that's trying to become a chapter of the November Project, which is a national initiative um, to get people together in different communities and work out on Wednesday mornings at 6.15. So wow. it's kind of like what we did. Yeah. Um, I forget what it's called, like Shaking It Up Columbus or something. I don't know. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I'm in their Facebook group, and even that's an opportunity to meet someone yeah. too, you know? And you, I think there are groups that mirror what we did in college. Right, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are service organizations like APO. Like I said, even Beso was one of them, and like something that mirrors what you did, and maybe going out to those things and stepping out of our comfort zone and joining something that I don't, you don't know anyone going in. It was the same thing as we did in college, but I don't know why it was more in, why it's more intimidating now than it was. I feel like maybe it's because we don't do it as much now, and mm-hmm. we get comfortable with our routines. In mm. college, I feel like there was a lot less opportunity for routine because you had so many different people around you and they're like, oh, you want to go out to dinner right now? It's like, mm. yeah, sure. But then when you live alone or when you live with a routine type of life where you get up, you go to the gym, then you go to work, you come home, you make dinner, you go to sleep, you do the same thing the next mm. day. It's like, well, I'm kind of really set in my ways now, so I'm not going to go. You know, right. I think somehow we become a little more like close-minded a little bit once we graduate because we're in our we're in our comfort zones more right and it's not like when you're in college conversations would happen where it's like <clears throat> oh what do you do like outside of outside of class right yeah that conversation doesn't happen post-grad when people say what do you do they're asking about your work right wow that's a, that's a very interesting uh observation that's so, so true right and, and it's so, not the most important yeah. thing either why aren't people asking about what we do outside of work in terms of, well, I mean, and that conversation does happen, mm-hmm. but if, again, if you're going into it saying, I'm not trying to find a love interest in, at work, right. then maybe you're more interested in talking about the things you do outside of it <laughs> that yeah. are more, I guess, um, you have a little bit more choice mm-hmm. in that you go to those things. I don't know. Um, but that's definitely a weird scenario because I think organizations post-grad are just like the ones in college. And those are opportunities mm-hmm. to meet people who share your similar interests, who share your similar passions, whether, or they share a similar background. And I think that we do so much less of that post-grad because of their a stigma or whatever it is that like, maybe it's scarier to put yourself out yeah. there, but those are the opportunities to meet people. Mm-hmm. Unless you just want to meet someone random on a dating app, which like, for me, and let's, I want to go back to that for a mm-hmm. second. The, another like weird philosophy I've always lived by is, this is going to sound so trivial when you compare it to dating, <laughs> but if you don't love it in the store, you'll never, you'll never wear it. And mm-hmm. now I'm going to, now I'm going to equate and bear with yeah. me. Yeah. So when I'm on a dating app, 
I'm already under the impression of like, I don't know if I even like the backstory. If I do date someone here, what am I going to tell people? Oh, I met them online. Which is funny because like my mom is now engaged to someone who she did meet online. And that's great. Like I'm really happy that it's worked out for a lot of people. But if I go into something already thinking I'm not going to enjoy that part of the story, mm-hmm. then that's our, I don't know if I want that to happen at all. So here's a question. Why is it so, and I actually don't have an answer to this because mm-hmm. I have the same opinion. So why is it so important to you for the story to be good? Mm-hmm. I think there's almost a stigma around meeting someone on an app that like, oh, that's like, did you have no other choice? Were you not? Yeah. I mean, it's weird. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I had mentors in college, one of whom I worked with in a research lab that now he is engaged to someone that he met on an app. Like, it, it's great. It works out for people. But I guess it is a stigma because, and a lot of people have kind of overcome that stigma or they just don't care about it. But I do. And it's hard to get over that. Yeah. So I think that maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that I could get over it and just say, like, Greg, you're meeting someone who might be just like you or might be a good partner. But if I can't get over that hump, then maybe that's why I don't follow through on those messages right. all the time. It's true. It's because I, yeah. And you don't have the person-to-person interaction. So mm-hmm. it's harder for you to hold on to it, I feel like, because you can't tell how you feel about this person when they're not right in front of you, mm-hmm. right? So that takes away the personal feeling, the, the one-on-one interaction from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when you're already thinking, well, the story wouldn't be great because, like, we met on Tinder or, you know, we met on this. But... I don't know, what I'm trying to tell myself right now is, because I am on dating apps right now, and I don't go to these events. I would like to, but I'm so busy as it is, you know, that a dating Mm. app is, it just makes things a little bit more convenient. Um, And I'm not 100% gung-ho dating apps, you know, like I, I have an opinion about them. I think they make things convenient. They do lack that personal one-on-one connection, or like at least observation for the connection. Um, But it does help with convenience purposes it's like well I can already tell this person's kind of interesting and maybe I will meet up with Mm -hmm. them and then I don't have to go out and try to make myself super nervous and you know meet a bunch of new people and see do you like the things that I'm into or do we have some kind of vibe you know things like that Mm -hmm. um and the one thing so circling back around the one thing that I try to tell myself is well if it helps me find this person that's super special to me and that I'll have a relationship with I don't care about the story, you Mm. know, like I care more about the present moment and the future, like what is going to happen with this Mm. person versus when we tell people how we met and it's just awkward for just a moment. And it's less awkward. I feel like now because it happens so frequently, people are Mm. always like my sister met her husband on Tinder. My mom met her husband on, um, J J date. Probably Mm. my mom's two sisters met their husbands online. Like it's just happening so much more now because I feel like with our generation generation especially, we're so busy with our own things that we're interested in that it's hard for us to prioritize and find ways to take time and like meet people outside at mm-hmm. events and stuff like that. I think often, like even being on a dating app, you could equate that to being out at a bar in college and being like, oh, that girl across the room, she's cute. I'm going to go talk to her. Yeah. You, I mean, that's really, really all you see. You don't see their personality. You see pictures of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have to figure out if you like, like each other. But I think that also could be... If you want to find some some common ground, even going to something like the Jewish Columbus events that I did or something like that, if you're both nervous, yeah, that's something to connect on. Is just be like, 
this is uncomfortable for me. And maybe they say me too. Yeah. And then that devolves into a conversation where I think it's just, I don't know. There's a lot of parallels between the situations of, yeah, like being on a dating app. Maybe the person that you meet up with is also kind of dealing with that stigma. And maybe that makes a better story. Yeah. But I'm, I'm less likely to want to be with someone if I met them over a dating app than if I meet them in person. Because I, I kind of like the idea of saying, we got together because we were both nervous at this event and yeah. we just broke the ice because of that. Or yeah. we both met because we had this crazy passion for whatever. Um, I don't know if you know, like, the app Meetup, for example. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's another thing, like, maybe you both go to an event that, like, everyone there is nerdy about tech, <laughs> and they have a tech event. And everyone goes there, and you meet someone there, and you you say, like, the story of how we met, we were both big nerds for technology. Like, that's cool. I yeah. think that's so cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I, that's kind of, like, it's a dream of mine, for sure. I'm always mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I wonder if I'll meet someone at a coffee shop, you know? I yeah. Don't, are you in there cool? Yeah, I don't, I don't go to coffee shops to meet people. I'm usually, I have headphones mm. and I'm actually very unapproachable mm. when I'm in a coffee shop. But And yet, the idea of meeting someone in a coffee shop is like, oh, that's so typical of her. Like, she always goes to coffee shops. That they're like her special place. So that's like my, that's always my kind of like idea. Like, this is how I'm going to meet yeah. this person. It matches with your story. Right. Right. But I think I need to get over the whole story thing because it's. Mm. You and I both. <laughs> yeah, and it's hard because it's it's not about the story. We shouldn't want to... I mean, this all, this whole podcast thing is about stories, right? Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, it's interesting. It's entertaining to other people. The same way that, like, bad news that happens to you makes a be- better story than, oh, I actually got an A in this ex- on this exam, and, like, I just moved into this awesome place, and my life is so good right now. Like, no one's going to want to hear you talking about, like, all of your successes. Like, no, mm-hmm. people actually prefer to hear, like... The, the interesting parts, the parts that show that you're challenged, right? Mm. And so, I don't know. I think what I like, obviously, is the story. Just like I equate myself to Ted Mosby and How I Met Your Mother. Have you seen the show before? I've seen bits and pieces. Okay, you should watch it. It's great. He's all about that. He's all about like, oh, maybe I'll meet this girl here. And like, it, it has to be super special. And she's mm. just not the one. And like, all of these things. And this is going to sound cliche, and I think I said this in the first podcast, but he ended up finding the girl after he gave up. He was like, I'm done. You know what? I'm going to move to a different city. I'm just going to start all over. I'm going to sell this house that I bought and put time into. And then he meets the girl the day before he has to move. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's 100% going to happen. That's a story in itself. Yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting to think about because you can't plan it. And yet we're still trying to plan by having these dating apps and um, go to these events where we're going to be like, oh, well, maybe I'll meet someone here. And yet if we don't try, we, we're not going to meet anyone, mm-hmm. you know. So it's a weird spot to be at. So I definitely relate to you. It's it's hard to, to stay in the whole, I don't know, like, I don't know. You you want the story. You want it mm-hmm. to be special. But, so. we, but maybe we don't need to be the authors of it. And I think... Yeah. Right? And, like, we, a lot of times, if we're so focused on it, when you're in college, you have so much more opportunities to write that story. Mm-hmm. You really do. Because you pick and choose where you are. You pick and choose the organizations and the people that you're around. When you're post-grad, yes, you do that, too, but the, the story is almost scarier to write. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But maybe, I mean, the Ted Mosby example, like, maybe you don't need to be the one to go out of your way and write it. Maybe someone else is going to write it for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
maybe you one day you're just studying in a coffee shop focusing on something completely different that's un, <laughs> like not related to a relationship and someone comes up to you and they're like hey oh, this has happened to me before we're like i'm editing videos I'm not i'm not there to meet someone mm -hmm. and someone has asked me like what program are you using and then that starts a conversation mm -hmm. we're like yeah you weren't there for that but maybe that's how it begins you know yeah i don't know we need to sometimes we i think post-grad if we're gonna date and what's gonna we're gonna be successful yeah, we can, some people have had success maybe going out of their way and trying to write that story themselves. But maybe that's not what we need. Yeah. I don't know. I think you're right. It's a weird spot. But it it's a, it's a, I think, if we're going to bring this, and we've been going on for a while here, but if we're going to bring this full circle, I think, I, even in this conversation, I've become more content with maybe not trying to write the story myself. Mm -hmm. Focusing on what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. The way that I did in college, too. If it happens, it happens. If I meet someone through what I've been doing now, great. If I don't, bummer. Like, I'll right. find someone eventually. Exactly. And maybe that doesn't have to be a focus. Yeah. Yet. I like it. So. I agree with the statement said. It's hard to do, but I think that's great. Yeah. All right. Well, we're just about out of time. Thank you so much yeah. for being here today. It, it went by so quickly. Yeah, 45 really minutes, quick. just like, phew. Um... Thank you, listeners. Shout out to anybody. Um, kind of shout out to whoever we mentioned during this podcast. You're all great. Um, and again, thanks, Greg, for being mm -hmm. here. Um, stay tuned for the next episode. Yeah, thank you so much. This was fun. Thank you.